Welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is Tuesday, April 27th. We've got a big show coming up for you. We're going to talk about the markets right now, trading right near all-time highs. We're going to talk about cryptos. Sell off this weekend, big rally back. Was that the buying opportunity? Then we get into the crux of the show, special edition. We're talking IPOs, initial public offerings, all stocks that went public this year. No SPACs involved. These IPOs are flying under the radar. I got 10 names. That's right, 10. Get your pencil, get your paper, get ready. Because you're going to have more ideas than you're going to know what to do with. All coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Hey, Matt McCall here back again. This is Moneyline, and it is Tuesday, April 27th. We got a hell of a show coming up right now. I, I had a lot of fun um, up late uh, last night coming up with this, and I didn't get through all the stocks I wanted to, but I will tell you this. Um, this is going to make for potentially two special shows if everybody likes this. So um, first of all, uh, I want to ask a question at the beginning of the show so everybody can hear it, and I want you to comment below. The question this week is, it's a two-part. They're both totally not even close to each other. Question number one, did you buy into the dip this weekend in cryptos? When Bitcoin pulled out to 47000 did you buy into it? Well, let me know. The second question is, have you bought any IPOs this year? If so, how's it going for you? And no SPACs, I'm talking traditional IPOs, initial public offerings. That's a question this week. Put it below, and I'm going to try to read through all those and get some good comments on them. And let's get the community back up and running, folks. Don't forget to like, subscribe. We've got a lot of fun things going out. So first, let's take a look at the market. Uh, as you can see right here, we're looking at the uh, spiders here. This is the S&P 500. And as you can see on the chart, we're down about even less than one-tenth of percent, but trading just below an all-time high uh, here on the uh, S&P 500. And things look pretty damn good. I, I mean, we had some mixed news. We had Tesla's earnings last night come out. Uh, the stock's down about 4% right now. Uh, we have a lot of earnings coming out this week. This is really the week of all weeks where you're going to see a lot of earnings hitting uh, from a lot of big names, Apple, Amazon, Google, uh, you name it. And uh, we had the markets hanging on near the highs. And we did sell off in the first hour of trading, and then we were able to rally back. So we're about the middle of the range. Uh, all that being said, you had the Russell 2000, which is a small cap stocks. They actually sold off uh, recently after opening up higher. So, you know, this rotation of money is crazy from minute to minute, from day to day. But I want to look at this chart here real quick. This is the Russell 2000 small mid cap. And let me see if I could actually draw a line here for you, if I can get this to work. Um, of course, I can't really see what I'm trying to do here. So. Here we go. I want to draw a line on this chart. And the reason I want to do this is it's going to point something out that's actually pretty darn bullish. Uh, I'm going to draw a line here. And don't worry, I'm going to move it and make it look a little nicer. But this is uh, connecting the lows. This is uh, a series of uh, higher lows. That, that is bullish. And again, this line's not perfect because I'm doing it kind of backwards right now. Uh, but then we're going to draw one right here um, coming down this way. And again, this is so sloppy. This is honestly the extent of my artistic ability. So if you know me, but all we need to know is right here, folks, we broke above an ascending triangle. So even if we consolidate or pull back a little bit, the point is we look like higher prices right now uh, when it comes to these small cap stocks. And that is a very good sign because they have been lagging. 
So I, I love what I'm seeing here with the market. Let's just take a look at one more index. We'll take a look at the NASDAQ 100. Um, you know, again, down a little bit, down a half percent today, but consolidating just below uh, all-time highs. Overall, uh, things look very, very good for the market. Um, and, and what's really impressive to me is you know, some of the stocks that we invest in, especially with early stage investor and some of the um, longer term trends, uh, we're seeing those come back. They got hit, money rotate out of that into some cyclicals, into some large cap values. We're seeing money come back in. And that should bode very well for some of the IPOs I'm about to talk about in a moment. Don't forget, this show is dedicated to share 10 ideas. I'm not saying they're all buys. Uh, nothing here is a buy or sell recommendation. Do your own research. But they are 10 pretty cool ideas I'm going to share with you. Uh, but before we get there, one other thing that I do want to talk about, uh, and that is uh, Bitcoin and cryptos. Friday's show, I said potential for a pullback. My analyst said we're going to pull back, and we did. Uh, Sunday evening, we came right around 47,000 uh, on Bitcoin. Uh, right now, we're just under 55,000. So you can do the math. That's an $8,000 run in uh, Bitcoin. Percentage-wise, very big run. Uh, you're looking at, what, 15% or so, give or take. I, I, I'm loving the way it's acting. I had a dinner on Sunday evening. I never go to dinner on Sunday evenings. I love, I'm a big cook. I like to cook. A lot of slow cooker stuff. Nice hearty meal on a Sunday. Healthy but hearty. But I had a dinner on Sunday I had to go to. Get out of the shower, checking my phone. Ooh, Bitcoin, 47.5. Just bounced off 47. Texting my analyst in San Diego. I said, I'm buying right now. Oh, shoot. I'm running late to dinner. That's fine. I'll go to dinner, come home, buy when I get home. It's not going to matter. Well, go to dinner. Start with the... Uh, you know, the traditional martini, uh, and had a nice bottle of Montepulciano, uh, ate too much, came home, I go to bed early, knocked out, tired, woke up, Bitcoin's back to like 52, 53. So I was patient, waited, patient, waited, now it's at 55. So I didn't buy this weekend. I wanted to. I had a bunch of, I wanted to buy some Bitcoin, I had a couple of altcoins I wanted to buy. So I didn't buy, even though I told you on Friday. So sometimes you should really listen to your advice. I said buy this dip, and I didn't. Could we dip down again? Sure, before we hit 100,000, which is still my ultimate uh, target in the next six, 12, 6 to 12 months. But I will say this. It's acting well right now, Bitcoin. And there was a, uh, a report out that in that, that drawdown that we had on Sunday, the amount of shorts that got swung out on that. So they're out of the, the system here now. So to me, I think the path of least resistance will be higher. Uh, so man, oh man, uh, any dips in altcoins that you're looking to buy, use them. Uh, I don't want to name names because that's what people pay us for. But a lot of our altcoins dipped, and but they're back rallying hard. Uh, I'm loving the action right now. So uh, my view on altcoins, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin has not changed a bit, just so you all know. But all right, now it's time to jump into uh, our special show here, talking IPOs, initial public offerings. Not SPACs, but initial public offerings. And there is a, over 100 IPOs, believe it or not, uh, that have gone public this year. Uh, I, I had the number, but I, I had to reset my computer here um, of how many have actually gone public so far. I, I don't remember what the number was, but it's over 100, I'll tell you that, that, that have gone public so far. But I went through um, all of them uh, this weekend, literally all of them, over 100, and uh, finished up last night late in bed just for this show, honestly. And what I'll do is I'll take these I I IPOs and 
Now, the research that we do, what's great about this, is I can potentially use it for our newsletter subscribers to recommend one one of our newsletters. Uh, I could use it for our money management clients at my money management firm, Penn Financial Group. Um, could use it, use it a lot of different ways. Also, uh, a lot of people ask about Penn Financial Group. Uh, that is my money management firm. It's been around uh, like 18 years now. Uh, I started 18 years ago in my late 20s. Uh, it gives you an idea how old I am. But I will say this, a lot of people reach out and wonder what we do. Uh, we build portfolios completely different than what we do for our subscribers and for myself. Uh, but if you're interested, just go to penfinancialgroup.com. Feel free uh, to go there uh, as a contact form. And if you're interested in money management, learning more about it, uh, somebody will get back to you and eventually uh, everything works out. Jump on a phone call with me and maybe we could help you with your investments because I know it's a lot for people to do it themselves. So uh, let us know if that's something you're interested in. So these right here, the 10 I'm about to go through, no exposure to. I don't own any of them. I don't have any for clients at Penn Financial Group. I don't have any in the newsletters right now. So these are, for me, new as well, but I've done the research. So let's jump right into it. And the first one we're going to take a look at, and these are in no specific order. This is Sun Country. And Sun Country is, uh, if you're not aware of it, a uh, uh, ultra low cost, they call them ULCCs, uh, ultra low cost um, airline. <coughs> it's based out of Minnesota. I've actually flown it before uh, many, many years ago. But what's what interesting about this company, you see it went public uh, back in March. What, what, what's interesting about this is um, with Sun Country, and a similar, by the way, if you didn't hear it, SNCY, $2.3 billion company. They have the, the normal service. You can book tickets uh, like you can on um, uh, Spirit or Legion or United, anywhere else. Then they also have charters and charter airlines. And they also transport some cargo for Amazon. So they have kind of three tiers. I really, really like that. Plus, based out of Minnesota, I mean, it's a good state actually for businesses. Uh, revenue in 2019 came in at $701 million. Obviously, it dipped last year with the pandemic down to four hundred and one. Supposed to be uh, bouncing back a little bit this year to four, or sorry, 574 million. So getting quite a bit back, not back to where we were in 2019, which you don't expect that yet this year, because there's still a lot of people not flying and we're already a third through the year. But by 2024, uh, up to 1.3 billion, which is nearly double where we were in 2019 before the pandemic. So you're doubling in five years, even in the face of the pandemic. That's pretty awesome numbers. Uh, as far as bottom line making money break even this year, a uh, buck ninety-three in 2022, up to $2.58 in 2023. If you take $2.58, you put you know, 20 multiple on it, you're looking at what, 52 bucks? It's at 40 right now. Uh, man, and you're going to be trading at, at, at future if that keeps going. Uh, I, I really like this. So the action in it, when it comes to IPOs, people always ask me, are you buying the IPO the day it goes public? I always say no, because I look for what's called the J curve. And typically, you have it pull back, and you form a J, and it takes off. And that J curve give consolidation. So right around here, I actually love this 38 to 40 range. Uh, I hit 39 change this morning. Now it's up to 40.5, 40 and a half. Uh, it's going to be volatile because it is still very new. But this is one. It's, it's part of the great grand reopening. This is one I definitely would keep an eye on uh, if you're looking at exposure uh, to the airline sector and the reopening. Uh, potential of US. Uh, this is US based, uh, so it's, you're not looking for Europe or anything outside of that. Uh, so this is one, one definitely uh, here to keep an eye on. The other thing is just for IPOs here, um, really quick, you know, people ask me about, am I buying the IPO you know, the day before it go, goes public for the first time or the day it goes public? I always say no. And the, and the reason that I say no is because you show me one IPO that IPO'd and never pulled back. 
I just feel like here it is, you know, ran up to 38. Oh, I missed it. It was just at 32. It came all the way down to 30 before it ran back up. I feel like me, there's one out there. I don't know. Name me one IPO that opened that day and never pulled back. I just think there's so much opportunity. I think you're chasing your tail with amateur investors. The amateurs are buying that. The pros, the VCs, the big money are looking to sell shares in the first six to 12 months, most likely. That's why they go public to liquidate some of their position. They don't want it sitting there forever. Insiders, you name it. There's nothing wrong with that. They need a, 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 a route to liquidate. Let them invest in something else. So that's just a cover on IPOs. Never buy the first day. Never, ever, ever. I think it's one of the dumbest moves that you'll ever make. But you know what? The media hypes it up the day before. The media hypes it up that day. So, of course, you think you want to buy it because you all hyped up. All right, so let's move to the, uh, the next one here. And we're going to stick with the same trend in another recent IPO. Uh, as you can see here, this one is ULCC, which <laughs> kind of the symbol is ultra-low uh, carrier. And um, this is Frontier Group Holdings. Frontier was a publicly traded company back in the day. I think the symbol is FRNT. Uh, they then were bought by private equity and now spun back out. It's got a valuation about $4.5 billion. Uh, I lived in Denver for about five years, so that was one of their, basically their main hubs. So I actually used to fly it way back in the day. Um, they own about 60 A320s, Airbus 320s. Uh, they fly U.S. as well as the warm destinations, Caribbean, Mexico as well, which those are, you know, no pun intended, hot destinations right now. Their revenue in 2019 was $2.45 billion. This year they're looking for one2 I was unable to get any uh, real good uh, analyst expectations going forward on this. Uh, but what, what I did find interesting in, in their deck was 90% of their revenue comes, comes from the leisure consumer. So that's exactly who's turning around right now. That's the person starting to get out there and really travel. And their hubs are Denver. A lot of people go there for skiing, obviously, even though it's about to be summertime, but it's a big destination. Uh, Las Vegas, we all know it's a big destination coming back, especially when conferences come back. Third one is Orlando, Walt Disney. I mean, obviously three areas, and those are three hubs. They really go against uh, Allegiant, um, which is ALGT, uh, Spirit Air, SAVE is a symbol. I own some Spirit Air for some clients at Penn Financial Group, full disclosure, uh, which are also uh, ultra low cost carriers. So I, I, I don't, I'm gonna do a little more research on it. If I had to pick of the two, I, I think Sun Country is just a very, very interesting way to, to look at the market here. And, uh, and something I'm keeping an eye on. So, but both, definitely going on a watch list uh, for grand reopening plays, uh, as well as new IPOs, as well as just over, overlooked carriers out there right now. And ultra low cost, the ULCCs will be the ones, in my opinion, that actually will be the strongest um, in the next couple of months because you still look at international travel, it's still way down. So these are the, the, the stocks that I wanna be looking at anyway. All right, number three, we're going to take a look at here. Uh, this is a, a company I had not heard of until yesterday when I came across it, uh, Hayward Holdings. And uh, Hayward Holdings, H-A-W-Y. Um, oh, man, look at it. Nice breakout today, up 6%. Um, as I mentioned, $4.1 billion, pool equipment, as in like swimming pool, and automation systems. Uh, they're known for a bunch of different brands, but some of the brands you may have heard of, Aquavac, Aquarite, ColorLogic. They had uh, sales in 2019 of 733 million. 2020 actually went up, even though with the pandemic, because more people putting pools in, I'll get to that in a minute, 875 million. This year looking for a billion, and then 2024, 1.13 billion. 
This year we're looking uh, for about 61 cents a share for the company. And it's just keep in mind, this company just turned profitable two years ago in 2019, up to 83 cents by 2023. So it's not trading at a really bad multiple uh, if you look at it either way. This is one that's very interesting to me. It kind of made its J, you know, again, you don't find one IPO that never pulls back, 18 to 15 and a half, and now it's back up to 19 and change. <clears throat> so always be patient with IPOs. Uh, with this stock, uh, I, I'm going to hold off on, on why I like this because I'm going to go to the next one here really quick because it, it all comes full circle. The next one is a pretty cool symbol, uh, SWIM, S-W-I-M. This just went public last week. Uh, this is Latham Group, a $3.32 billion company. Uh, they are a maker of in-ground pools. They make and sell these, but they're in a, a niche market within the in-ground pools. They do fiberglass pools. So if you take a look at new pool installations in the U.S., only about 18% are fiberglass. Uh, the other ones are made of, of concrete, typically, or vinyl. And according to the Pool and Spa Alliance, that's how deep I got into this last night, uh, the pool industry in the U.S. saw record growth of 24% in 2020. Why? Because people invested more in their backyards than they did in taking trips. They couldn't go anywhere. And they invested in their backyards. We all knew that, right? This seems like a no-brainer. They installed 8,700 8, fiberglass pools in the U.S. alone last year. Uh, more people are choosing uh, fiberglass over the old-school concrete or vinyl. Uh, and according to the, uh, the CEO, he recently said, we've had a lot of success with uh, the launch in Canada. They've also launched Canada, continuing to roll out in the U.S. market as well. And he mentioned that there's almost 90 million homes in the U.S. without a swimming pool. 12% of homeowners have a high likelihood of buying a swimming pool in the next five years. So if you do the math, that's plenty of upside potential that they could tap into, especially if more people are going towards fiberglass and they're the leaders there. Uh, they also have some exposure. They own a company in Australia as well. Uh, very interesting uh, company. Did sales of 2019 of 318 million. Last year, 403 million. Again, not getting any good estimates. It just went public a couple days ago. I wouldn't buy it here. It's still too early. You have to maybe have your J curve and come back. But again, going on the watch list. And Hayward Holdings, which I just talked about, H-A-Y-W, Latham Group, S-W-I-M, such a cool symbol. This is a play on just where we're at now. So many people have bought new homes, especially not in the city. More people, even though I think the great grand reopening is going to get back to normal, get us back to normal, more people realize the ability of, of, of or not the ability, the, the pleasures of staying home and having a nice backyard and having, you know, patio furniture, why Home Depot and Lowe's will continue to do well. All these things, but it includes a pool. I think buying a pool is one of the stupidest ideas ever. Uh, me personally, uh, actually, <laughs> I take that back. I'm building a house right now in Nicaragua and it's got a pool, but that's different. It's in Nicaragua, it's an infinity pool, it's on the Pacific Ocean, it's dope as hell. Uh, it's actually an infinity pool, it goes down into another infinity pool. It's pretty awesome. I'll send pictures in a year and a half when it's done, but, um, that's different. You need a pool there. It's on the damn equator. I think most pools, especially with kids, they can be dangerous. You have, there's so much upkeep. Down there, fortunately, uh, having a pool guy come over every day is very inexpensive, and they'll come test the water every day. It's part of the, the, everything, so it's different. Overall, I'm not a pool guy, but again, I don't invest in what I do. I invest in where I see money going, and money's going towards pools. So these two companies want to be on our list. All right, so let's go to the next one on the list. Um, this one's kind of shifting gears here a bit, but I do have some uh, personal um, exposure to this. This is called Oscar Health. It's a healthcare plan. When I lived in New York City a couple years ago, I had Oscar as my healthcare plan. It wasn't public then. It was this new cool startup um, that everybody's talking about. 
very easy to navigate uh, the website, uh, just much easier. It's really more millennial focus, if you will. Um, revenue, uh, it's expected to really explode. Revenue last year, about $600 million. This year, over $2 billion. By 2025, nearly $7 billion. And it's a $4.8 billion company. The one red flag, I have this flag to put into my watch list, but the one red flag I have on this company is when it comes to health insurance, you never know what the government can and can't do to make health insurance better or worse, and you don't know how it's going to affect those health insurance companies. So you always have that kind of hanging over it. To me, you know, again, you never buy. 37 bucks. It's down to 23. Now it's a 24. Maybe it's for me that J. It's on a watch list. I'll keep an eye on it. Uh, but I got to be honest with you. I need to do a little more due diligence into these numbers. Uh, but it is one that I want to keep an eye on. And only because I've used it, as I mentioned, in the past. And the fact that I used it and liked it and was user friendly, you know, it's, it goes on my list. All right. So the next one we're going to take a look at is a lot of people asked about this. I asked about IPOs from this year on Twitter. Um, and, and this was one that a, that a lot of people did ask about. Oops, and that's not it. <laughs> it's the wrong, typed it in wrong. Here we go. Uh, UPATH, UiPath, sorry, U-I-P-A-T-H. Uh, path is a symbol. This is a very interesting company. It's a big IPO, $42.6 billion company right now. Just went public last week. This one opened up down in the mid 60s, ran up to the mid 80s. Now we're down to 76 today, down five and a half percent. Uh, it's an end-to-end -end platform uh, for automation for a work task. Uh, it's basically, it's a, it's a play on automation, it's a play on artificial intelligence, it's a play on what we call software robots. Um, uh, robotic Process Auto Automation, RPA, is what they're calling this. Uh, also called software robots. It's a business process uh, where they really, they use the software and these software robots, uh, or we call them digital workers, artificial intelligence, um, and, and, they, and they, what they do is it basically helps you streamline your daily tasks that you have at work. I mean, it makes perfect sense. If you look at my to-do list, it grows every freaking day. I can never get into it. I have so many things that could be automated with me. They have about 8,000 customers. Um, you know, they're, they're targeting um, bigger companies, and, and that's good. They claim to have over 80% of the Fortune 100, uh, over 60% of the Fortune 500, uh, very, very interesting. And they have an annual reoccurring revenue stream, which I love. That's like kind of the SaaS model, software as a service. They did revenue of 2019 at $336 million. Uh, this past year, $607 million. Uh, this year, I believe it's going to be over a billion. Again, tough to get numbers for this company. It's so new. Wouldn't chase it here. It probably has a bit of a pullback in the J curve like anything else. But this is one that just makes sense to me. But again, it's already valued at $42.6 billion. So it's pretty high valuation. So even if we've got a billion dollars this year, stock's trading at 42 times uh, 2021 sales. A little pricey, but these software companies can become pricey. And if you have big upside potential from here, eh, you never know. I mean, it could, be, it could also pull back to 50 and be a great buy. I don't know, but again, it goes on the watch list, folks. And again, let's keep moving. Uh, this one is, is again, kind of off, off beaten path here a little bit, but a lot of people asked about it. That's why I'm doing it. You're the audience, folks. I'm here for you. TSP, Two Simple Holdings. This is a company that does a lot of business in China. It, it's a technology for um, uh, big trucks, semi-trucks, to build an autonomous freight network on. Uh, it's an $8.5 billion company. Uh, they basically had no sales in 2018, 2019. Uh, 2020, 1.8 million in sales. So very, very early stage. 
Uh, first aid started trading uh, about a week and a half ago. You can see there it ranged between 41 and 32, and now it's at 39. Uh, ARK Investments, uh, the ETFs, bought over 3 million shares in first day of trading. That's you can see a big, big spike there in that first day of trading. Uh, so their, their goal is to develop the, uh, an advanced self-driving technology that's designed uh, for all the unique demands for heavy-duty trucks. Uh, the company comes out and they actually say that uh, the development of the industry-leading autonomous driving system uh, for autonomous trucks, uh, they use through the uh, original equipment manufacturers such as Navistar and Trayton. Um, it's, this is very, very interesting because you're going to look and see down the road the future of semi-trucks will be autonomous. I think that's where you're going to see it first before you see it really in cars. And I think that's the future too. But this is pretty much uh, as close as you're going to get to a pure play on uh, autonomous driving for semiconductors. Again, let this calm down. I'm not chasing anything here. I need to do more research. Again, a lot of China backing here. Not that I don't like that, but it's something we need to keep an eye on because a lot of these Chinese stocks tend to get hit for no reason. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Not quite on the watch list, more of the do more due diligence Matt and team list. So we've gone through how many so far? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I can't even freaking count today. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, let's go to number eight here. Number eight, again, going all around here, something crazy. Again, I didn't even know about this, and I should know about this stock. Let's take a look at this. This is AFC Global, AFCG. It's about a $300 million company, give or take. Uh, stocks really mu pretty much unchanged. It's been in a range between 20 and 24, let's call. Uh, but this is pretty interesting to me because it's really like a mortgage REIT, Mortgage Real, Real Estate Investment Trust. Uh, so the mortgage REIT, it, it originates, structures, underwrites, you know, manages secured loans, uh, and other types of loans for, this is the kicker, companies operating in the cannabis industry in states where legalized medical or adult use is, uh, is allowed. Um, I generated about five and a quarter million in revenue uh, from July 31st through December 31st of last year, so it's an annual run rate of 10 and a half million. Um, so it's pretty, pretty interesting company. Uh, it's, it's, if you look at the numbers, and I got to pull them up again here. I lost them in front of me. I thought I had them on my sheet here. But if you take a look at the numbers uh, for this company, it's got some really good potential. And what you're going to eventually see once it establishes itself after a quarter or two is you're most likely going to see uh, it start pay out uh, some dividends. So as I mentioned, the last six months of last year had a run rate of about 10.5 mil. Uh, this year estimates about 30.4 million. 2022, 55.4 million. So you're seeing a nice uh, increase. Uh, what's what's fascinating is earnings per share. The uh, the the earnings per share estimate for this year, dollar 75. Next year, 255. And again, looking at stock exchange at 2270. But the thing is, as a mortgage REIT, most of this will be paid out. Uh, from a cash flow, if you take a look at cash flow, uh, it it had about seven million annualized in cash flow. If, if you annualize that the last six months, give or take, and these are rudimentary numbers. But if you, if you take a look at how many shares, that's about a buck 23 uh, per share that could be paid out in a dividends. So again, a dollar 23 on this, you're looking at a little over 5% dividend. Uh, boy, that's, that's now a very interesting way to play the cannabis industry, which we know the safe banking bill just got passed. 
we know that decriminalization is definitely on the docket. We know that potentially down the road legalization, whew, pretty cool way to play cannabis, folks, without taking that real big risk. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, so let's, uh, let's keep an eye on this. And this one, yes, it will go on the watch list. So at eight, we're going to do two more. These are two big names. Uh, I've talked about both in the past, I'm pretty sure. Coinbase. I had so many people ask me, should I buy this day? Should I buy this day? I had people buying in the 400s. It's down to $300 now. It was below $300 just last week. Let it do what it's going to do. Do I think Coinbase has the potential to be a huge company down the road? I do, folks, especially you know, if cryptos continue to expand, as I believe, and this is you know, the, let's say, Charles Schwab of, uh, of crypto trading, investing, uh, the brokerage firm. It's now valued around $59.7 billion. Still very large, uh, especially if you look at the estimates and, and where we're at. It's still trading at about 50 or so times revenue. So I like it, but again, valuation's a bit high. Don't be like the rest of uh, you know, the average investor out there that gets fleeced by, by the big guys and, uh, and chase the first day. Let it come down. This could be a great buying opportunity at 290. I don't know. But I'm, I, I would rather wait and see it build a bottom, build a base at some point, uh, and go from there. If Bitcoin goes to 100,000, I'm right, this could easily be back to 400 because it's probably going to move with it. Uh, so, so that would not be out of the ordinary to see that. The estimates, though, for 2025, you're going out a couple years, about $9.3 billion. So let's give it a 10x, 10x sales because it is growing big. It's going from, uh, you know, last year it did... 1.2 billion. So you're seeing, you're seeing big, big growth. Forecasted uh, revenue growth going forward about 21.7% uh, per year. So let's just give it a 10 times sales. 10 times sales, you're looking at $90 billion, $93 billion company uh, in four years from now, uh, from what I just said it was, uh, just under 60. So that's about a 50% gain if it hits that. So again, at this price, I don't think there's huge upside. Uh, the other thing is it should be making good money. Uh, by 2025, estimated to make $6.40 a share, which would be very nice. But again, it's still trading at 300 bucks. So it has big growth potential, but we're just going to have to see where it goes from here. And I don't think it's a buy as of yet. And the last one I'm going to turn to, another big one a lot of people said, should I buy on the first day? Roblox. First day, 78, pulled back to 60, ran 82, pulled back to 68. Now we're at 73 and change. Let's call it 74, down about 1% today. Uh, Roblox, of course, is the game that a lot of kids play, and um, I, I think, again, it's, it's, it's a fascinating company. It's about a $41 billion company, uh, and you take a look at future growth. You have uh, revenue growth, annualized growth going out in the next couple of years, 32% annual. Forecasted earnings growth in the next couple of years, 57% annual. That's great, folks. You know, you're looking at revenue in 2023, just two years from now, basically a year and a half, 3.4 uh, billion. So much better valuation here, in my opinion. Still losing money the next couple of years till it turns a profit. However, I do see what we always need to have for early stage companies, even though it's a $40 billion company, is what we call a path to profitability. So I do see a path to profitability for Roblox. And really, if you look at the non-cap numbers, it will, have a, it will be profitable this year and up to a buck in 2023. So, uh, yeah, this one's definitely uh, on, my, on my watch list as well, along with coin, not at the top of it. But I got to tell you, looking at these, these 10 stocks, I'm going to go through them real quick for you here. I'm going to go backwards. Roblox, the game, millennials, uh, very hot. Uh, put in a watch list. Um, let's go backwards here. Let me see if I can get in here. Let's go backwards here to, uh, to coin. Again, hot, hot, 
put on watch list. Don't touch it here now. We'll go back one more. AFC Gamma, $300 million way to play cannabis. Uh, mortgage rate, whoo, interesting. We'll keep going back. We'll look at here at Two Simple Holdings, TSP. I'm going to look more into it, but to me, it's not watch list worthy yet, if you will. Um, Path, UI Path, very interesting. I love what it does. I want to look into it just to make my life easier. But again, not, not on the watch list yet, but we're watching it. Some, same is going to go here with Oscar Health. Down here might be a great buying opportunity. If I see and I, and I dive into it and I like it, could be a great buying opportunity. Then we go back to, to really the, the four of least, least exciting of them or probably the, the, the best looking one. Latham Group. It's too brand new to buy, but one I'm going to look into a bit more. Again, fiberglass pools. Haywood Holdings. Uh, pool equipment. Automation systems. Nice breakout today. That might have been a J curve right there, folks. Frontier Group, ULCC, and then we have Sun Country, SNCY, probably my favorite of the group here so far, but man, oh man, a lot to like. That's all I got to say. There's a lot to like. I have 10 more I didn't get to. It's too much, but I think Friday's show, unless something riveting comes up, let me know on Twitter. Let me know in the comments below if you have any ideas for these IPOs because I will dive into them for you. Uh, so, and again, for all the questions that keep coming through, just go to penfinancialgroup.com if you want to know more about domain management because people keep asking and, and it's just a lot of stuff coming through. Just go there. You can contact us there. Uh, a great way to do it. But I hope you enjoyed the show because I enjoyed staying up late doing it. I like coming up with new ideas for you. I found some new potential buy opportunities here for myself, for clients, or for subscribers, and maybe for you too. Again, nothing is a buy or sell recommendation. This is just research. Do your own research. Make sure it fits into what you're doing. But again, we're here to have fun. We're here to make money. And I, I had fun doing this today. And, and I'm surprised of a voice because I just did about a three-hour video before this, which is why I have a suit on. Um, I have a dinner this evening at a nice a, uh, French restaurant. So I'm going to imbibe in some nice wine tonight and take care of this voice. So thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Go out there, hug somebody, tell me you love them, be safe. All that good stuff. Don't forget, I'm Matt McCall, and that was your money line. Money Line with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.